today on the Late 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 Show, we figured we'd do something special for Valentine's Day. So we've each prepared a little love letter. A love letter to our favorite games. I'm going to kick it off here, so let's get going. Have you ever played through a game with a blissful ignorance of the impact that it would have on you later in life? In that moment, you were just having fun. Racking up points, doing sick combos, inventing lines as you went, and just having the time of your life with your friends. But now you're old and jaded. You've seen game after game fall, and nothing seems to scratch your itch like that one did. You long to just hop in and play, and get that feeling one more time, but it'll never come. My love letter today is for the one that got away. My favorite game that I played in my childhood, and a game that I might never be able to enjoy with that childlike wonder ever again. The one that got away. If you haven't guessed by now, let me give you a little refresher. I'm talking about the Tony Hawk series. Specifically Pro Skater 2, but we'll get there in a second. This love letter could be for the series music alone. To this day, I'm blown away by the amount of music from these games that I still keep in my rotation. There's a lot of things that these games have going for them, but I think the soundtrack is something that everyone agrees is godlike, and the way the feelings hit you when you hear one of your favorite songs, it's just undeniable. Let's start from the top. I was a little ass kid, living in Miami, Florida. My experience with video games only extended about as far as the N64 at the local McDonald's that had Diddy Kong Racing and Flash games on the family computer. But one day, I got a Christmas present that would change my life. A PlayStation. This was my first experience with home consoles, and my mind was blown. I could just play video games whenever I wanted now. I didn't have to wait for people to get off the phone so I could wait another hour to load Interactive Buddy or Pop Tropica. I didn't have to hope I could convince my parents to go down to the McDonald's that day. The games were here, at my house. But okay, they weren't really because I didn't have any games at the time. So we went out to pick some games out from the local Best Buy the next day. I was flipping through all the cases, my thoughts were racing with all the possibilities. And then I saw it. Love at first sight. The way your eyes seem to stop darting around the room, your breathing steadies, and you just know that this is the one. The box art had Tony Hawk doing a sick nasty flip in the city, and he's flying high over the logo. The logo that reads, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. My parents knew I thought skateboarding was cool, and they knew I was gonna love this game. They could see the excitement in my face, and they knew all I wanted to do now was get home. The drive home seemed endless, and I couldn't wait to get home and just play this game. And now I'm in the living room, and my little kid fingers are fumbling at the box. I pop the disc into the console and turn it on. The controller's in my hand. Lots of stuff is happening. And that main menu music hits. I'm just going to shut up for a second and let it rock. It needs no introduction. 
There's nothing that needs to be said about it. There's nothing I can say about it. It speaks for itself in every way. And it set the tone for what would be my introduction to my favorite series of games ever. I fired up the career mode, picked my boy Tony, and then the game gives you a customization option for your board. God, this was the coolest shit to me when I saw it for the first time. I made my board, and we were off. I mashed through the next few menus, and the load screen gave me a list of objectives. I didn't really know what any of them meant except for the points ones, so I guess I'm getting points now. The warehouse level starts, and I'm already blasting through a window, the soundtrack is blaring in my ears, and I read the manual on the way home, so I was ready to get these points. I sucked ass at the game, obviously, but I was having a great time. The first level is laid out perfectly to allow you to experiment as much as you want with all the tools in that two minutes that they give you. With enough practice, I got good enough to consistently get the point objectives. There's a few other objectives, like collecting every letter in the word skate. There's some objectives, like collecting videotapes around the levels. Both the letters and the tapes are usually hidden around secret areas. And it's just fun. I, I really don't know how else to explain it because it's so simple in its concept and it's so perfect in its execution. An arcade freeform skating game where the objective is to just do cool shit with good music playing in the background was perfect for the time. This is exactly the kind of game I needed as a little kid and it's shaped so much of me. It's part of the reason I still think skateboarding is as cool as it is. It's part of the reason my music taste developed into what it is today. This was just such a good starting point for me to become me. The game's also got a free skate mode that just kind of lets you dick around on the levels and do whatever you feel like. This is where I spent most of my time once I kind of got bored of career mode and just wanted to do my own thing. Uh, and the game also had a multiplayer. But we'll get back to that. I didn't really play much of the multiplayer in Pro Skater 1, just because I didn't have many friends. I was an only child, and I didn't have many friends that would be willing to come over to my house because we were so young and just kind of getting something like that arranged was weird. So we'll get back to the multiplayer later. Now here's where things get a little bit serious. This is what I was talking about when I said the one that got away. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 is a game that I would give everything I own to just be able to erase my memory and play it like it's the first time, just one more time. This game was everything about Pro Skater 1, but better. This game is still one of the top rated video games ever made, and for good reason. Like I said before, a skateboarding game that's freeform and is just all about doing cool shit and it gives you all of the tools to do all the cool shit you want to do is amazing and it's just perfect. Let me just describe my experience with this game kind of like I did with the first game. So again, same kind of situation here. I go to the store and I'm blown away by the fact that this game has a sequel. I'm so excited to get home and play it. I get home, I'm sitting in the living room, turn the console on, and this game's main menu music... God! 
what can I even say about it? It's a little bit more out there than Pro Skater 1's. But this is quite possibly the most nostalgic piece of music I've got. This thing takes me right back to sitting there on that little couch, having the time of my life playing this game. There's not a single time I've ever booted this game up where I don't sit there for a good, like, five minutes just to listen to this. Maybe press back and forth on the D-pad and just hear the wheel rolling back and forth. <sighs> God, this game. So this game added a few new features, uh, and on the menu, one of them is on display here, the park editor. This game gave you all the tools to make your own levels and just kind of do whatever the hell you wanted to. And it added so much to this game's replayability. The level editor is probably the only reason I played this game for as long as I did. I'm sure I would have gotten sick of the regular levels very quickly as a dumb, stupid kid with a very short attention span. But the ability to make my own levels and then get to screw around in them meant that I had an endless, endless selection of levels to play with. And the level editor was so weird. It had spikes for some reason? What kind of what kind of skate park has spikes? It just lets you kill yourself. Another weird thing was the fact that this game had Spider-Man as an unlockable character. What was the deal with that? <laughs> Although to be fair, he could like shoot webs and do custom tricks that the other skaters couldn't do, and that was pretty cool. Let's be honest, that was pretty cool. The game also added manuals and the ability to create your own skater. The addition of manuals basically let you do endless combos, more or less. It lets you link a segment of tricks together with another segment of tricks. So say you flew off a ramp somewhere, you land in a manual, you keep your combo going, and you end up at another rail or another bowl or something. You can jump out of the manual and start some more tricks, and your combo is still going. This made getting points a lot easier, but I think everyone could agree it was a welcome addition to the game. Alright, so the levels. Everybody remembers the hangar level. It's right where the game throws you into. You go flying down the ramp. You're listening to a Rage Against the Machine song. You go flying over that first half pipe, and everything just kind of clicks into place. You understand why you're here, and it's to do some sick-ass tricks. This first level makes it really hard to not push yourself, if that makes sense. It throws you into these crazy ramps, and it shows you what you're really capable of in this game. You go flying like 50 feet in the air, you're crashing through a bunch of shit, you're doing sick grinds for like a million miles. It just really sets in the arcadey feel of this game. This isn't a hyper-realistic skateboarding game. This is a let-me-do-a-sick-backflip-over-a-plane-while-windows-are-breaking-in-front-of-me kind of skateboarding game. The hangar level is also full of secrets. The one I remember is that if you grind on that plane propeller that's on the right-hand side of the first half-pipe, you blow it open and you unlock the secret wind tunnel. So that's pretty cool. And you can also unlock this little helipad room if you grind over the helicopter. I think this is still my favorite level in any Tony Hawk game. Maybe it just might be because I'm so nostalgic for it or something, but honestly I thought this was perfect at the time. It was everything I needed to have some fun, and I'll still boot this game up on occasion and just fire it right into the hangar level on career mode. 
I remember the school level, the level in France, uh, the one at Venice Beach, the Venice Beach Skate Park, uh, and then that big half-pipe ramp that I believe is in Hawaii or something like that. It's just a big-ass half-pipe out in the middle of the ocean. Those were some of my favorites for sure. I'm sure there's other levels I'm forgetting. Nothing against this game or anything. I was just a little kid with a very short attention span and I knew what I liked. And those are kind of the things I've stuck to, even growing up now. Those are pretty much the only levels I play in this game. I don't even bother with the create a park ability. Because I'm too lazy to make a park. I like to just fire the game up and start playing. And then the music. I know I said that Pro Skater 1's soundtrack shaped a lot of my music taste. But this game... You might as well say this game's soundtrack is my music taste. Rage Against the Machine, Bad Religion, Papa Roach. This game's got so many iconic songs. I think every single one of them is just a blast of nostalgia as soon as you hear it. It takes you right back to wherever you were when you first played this game. A simpler time. For a simple game with near-perfect execution. But I really do love this game. Or maybe I should say I love the way this game felt when I was still a kid and I was playing it. It really hurts me to know that American Wasteland is just objectively a better game. Pro Skater 3 was probably a better game, but I'll never be able to move this game off of the top of my list. I just can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. I guess I could say I'm blinded by nostalgia or something. Or maybe it's the reason I say that this game is the one that got away. I'll probably never feel this way about a game again, and I might not even be able to feel that way about this game ever again. It's such a shame, but at the same time, I guess I'm just gonna have to live with that. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, I love you. And I might never get you back, but when you were here, you were amazing. You were everything to me, and you're the reason I am the person I am today. Without you, this show might have never existed. I might have never have met my friends, and I might be in a completely different place right now. But for now, we're living. So thank you. Thank you for everything. Here's 2013. Me, I'm 12 years old. I'm graduating from the fifth grade. I made it. I'm talking to my friends and they tell me, they ask me, what are you guys getting for graduation? And I'm like, hold the phone. Do you get shit for graduation? And they're like, yeah, you get like a graduation gift. And I was like, fuck, no one told me. So I tell my mom. I'm like, mom, can we go to Target? Can I get something for graduating? And she's like, you know what? Yeah, and this is monumental, because immigrant parents, they're great, they work hard, they love you, but like, you don't just get shit, like, for just like, you don't just get gifts, you know? It's just not how it works. So I'm like, holy fuck, I gotta make this good. 
so we get a target. I run my little ass to the back, where that's where the fucking video games and the toys are. I'm looking through the toys. I don't, I don't even think I live. I don't even, I don't remember looking. I just remember going to this and like picking it out. But I did not, I did not, this was like before I was like, okay, I was on the computer all the time, but I wasn't like actively searching out new shit, you know? I was playing the same fucking interactive buddy flash game for like three days straight, you know? But I see Pokemon Soul Silver. And I, I just instantly, I'm like, this is it. Like, this is what I'm getting. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, holy shit, what is happening? And so I get it. Pop that shit in my DSi, black, you know. And I start playing it. And holy shit, this game changed my life. <clears throat> I'm gonna talk about three things today. I'm gonna talk about the Pokemon. Because it's in the name, you know? it's the titular Pokemon Soul Silver. I'm talking about the setting. We're talking about how Johto is fucking gorgeous. And then we're gonna talk about the end game. So to start off, Johto. You have your starters. Every Pokemon game has starters. It's it's what they do. It's how you do it. You got Cyndaquil, Chikorita, and Totodile. Rat thing with flames. Di like a plant? Like some lettuce? That turns into a dinosaur thing? I don't know. And then some crocodile. First evolutions of all of them are fucking gorgeous. I love all of them. In order, it's Cyndaquil, Chikorita, and Totodile. But second evolutions, Quilava. And Cyndaquil to Quilava. We'll, we'll go in order. Quilava. Amazing. Great Pokemon. Maybe, maybe better than Typhlosion. Who's to say? Me. Um, Chikorita evolves into Bayleaf, and I think Bayleaf looks cooler than Meganium, which is the third evolution. And then. I hate Totodile's evolution of Croconaw. He, I just don't like it. I don't like how it looks. It's fine. But for Alligator, which is what Totodile finally evolves into, Meganium, which is what Chikorita evolves into, and Typhlosion, which is what Cyndaquil evolved into, are all just really cool. They just look good. I just these starters are simple, basic. Just fire, grass, water. Like there's no. Like, that's it. It's just so appealing. So accessible. And then you got legendaries. And by God, this game gives you a dick ton of fucking legendaries. You got your box. I'm sorry if that was loud. You get your box legendaries. Ho-Oh and Lugia. In normally Pokemon games, you get... Either Heart Gold or Soul Silver. You know, you get one of the two versions and you get that legendary. But this one was like, no. You can get them both. You can get every fucking legendary you want, basically. Pretty much. Eh, we'll see. You start up, you get Lugia. I think it's level 40 when you catch it. And that's a fucking gorgeous. You go in an underwater cave, you see it, it's sitting there, you catch it, it's amazing. Then, you go to the top of this gorgeous tower. You run through a field of golden leaves. And Ho-Oh is sitting there. I, I don't remember. I haven't played this game in so long. I've tried emulating it so many times, but my computer just can't, can't handle that. I've almost bought a 2DS or a DS or any sort of DS just to play this game so many times, but I just I haven't had the chance. I'm also recording this at 1.21am 
122. So you catch Hollow and Lugia. Both you get both start you get both legendaries in this one, and it's fantastic. It's just I know I should know what I'm talking about because I'm making this entire love letter to this game, but it's more about the feeling that it gives me when I remember things, when I remember the game. I will do my absolute best to remember actual parts of it and not just spout how I felt, but... <sighs> so you get these two starters, you get these two legendaries, fuck. You get the two legendaries. Then they each have three guardians. Ho-Oh, that's Entei, Suicune, Suicine? Su Suicine? Suicide? Su Suicune. I, I don't know, I call it Suicune. Entei, Suicune, and Raikou. Legendary dogs. They kind of look like lion kind of things, which are cats, so I don't know. They call them dogs. They call them legendary dogs, sure. That's fine. Entei's fire, Suicune is ice, Raikou is electric. They look fucking dope. They roam around the map, catch them, and they're what? They, they protect Hello. And you got the legendary birds from Kanto. You got Arti Articuno, Zapdos, Moltres. That's one, two, three for my Spanish speaking homies. I'm so bad I just said the word homies. Um, they protect Lugia. They're the defenders. I don't know why the big ass fucking chicken looking bird doesn't have the birds, but you know, it's fine. I didn't make it. So that's eight legendaries now? Just fucking wildin' out in your team? You can only have six fucking Pokemon on your team, but you can have eight legendaries? Whatever. It's... The story behind the legendaries is in the game, so fuck. Sorry. Um, while you're going for your Pokemon fucking gym title, you're, becoming, you're trained to be the very best. But you're also going through this city, this town, Johto, that has like, this rich history, and it's such a nice like contrast. Um, this is the only other Pokemon game I played before this was Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum. I played my friend's copy of Diamond and Pearl. Friends' copies of Diamond and of Pearl. I got my own copy of Platinum. But like they'd already they they told me everything they played through it like I knew everything that was happening I was it wasn't mine but Johto Johto was my adventure I like nobody I was the only one who had this game in my friends I, like I'm sure it sold well but like it was my my adventure I was discovering all of these things I was meeting these Pokemon for the first time and I was finding out the lore of Johto as our character was. I was seeing the legendaries for the first time. I was finding out the history of them, the history of the city. It felt alive. Like the the setting was there before me and it'll be there after me. Like Johto exists with with or without the main character. And I feel like that's what you want when you're world building. I was talking about legendaries. I fucking just skipped on to part three, but you know what? Fuck it. After after the eight legendaries that I've mentioned, you can get fucking like a bunch of previous ones. This, this is a remake, so they had to add like a bunch of previous Pokemon. You can get fucking Dialga Palkia, 
Giratina, you can get Kyogre Groudon or Rayquaza, you can get Latias and Latias, you can get Arceus through an event, you can get Celebi through an event, it's, it's, it's insane. You really could catch them all. Well, not catch, you could trade them all in, but yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, the adventure. I kind of touched on that earlier, I got really into it, but I just... You start the game off. You this Pokemon fight. You Pokemon first. Are you a boy or a girl? You tell them whatever you want to be. And the professor is just like, "Yo, can you deliver this egg to my boy?" And you're like, "Yeah, I'm 12. That's that's normal. That's a normal thing for a 12 year old to do. I'm gonna do that." So he gives you a Pokemon. I pick Cyndaquil, of course. Um, I'm a fire type slut. And. I, I was off. I was delivering this egg. You you deliver the egg. Well, it's a, okay. It's a parcel, and then you find out it's an egg, but it's an egg. And then he's like, you know what? Keep it. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, keep the egg. So you keep the egg. There's a Togepi in it. Spoiler alert. And then you're like, okay. Well, now you have a Pokemon, and you have a Pokedex, so why don't you just take your little 12-year-old ass and just fucking go? And go, I did. You get some running shoes in the first city, and that's it. That's that's you're, you're on your own. It's a oh well, it's like a straight shot to every city, but you're basically on your own. You know, you, you just go. So you start fighting through the gym challenge. You got the first gym leader, a bird. So you catch a Mareep, which is just a sheep that has electric powers, and you electrocute the fuck out of his dumb idiot birds. And then you go, you fight a bug leader. I picked Cyndaquil by this time. My Cyndaquils are Colava because I'm a fucking grinding god. And I leveled up and evolved. So you'd wreck the bug leader. Fucking make them wish they were dead. And then you make it to a city. The big city. Is it the big city? I think so. There's a probably big It's the first big city you encounter. You're in towns before this, but now you're in a city. Goldenrod City. You got the grand. You got the GTS. This is where you go. You trade Pokemon on the internet. And I spent a lot of my time here after I beat the game, just trading level 100s. But I'll, I'll get into that later, hopefully, maybe if I don't forget. But you get to the city, and you go to the gym. As you do, every time you go to the city, you find the Pokemon Center, you heal, maybe buy some Pokeballs, and you fight the gym. And god fucking damn it, you walk into this gym, you find out it's a normal type. You're like, oh, this'll be fine. Normal types are fucking normal types. Like... Nothing super effective, but like nothing that'll be super effective against me. Like, I'm. I got this. Whitney. Leader Whitney. First Pokemon, I think, was like a. Clefairy. Not a Clefairy. It was either like a Clefairy or a Jigglypuff. Just fucking a pink puff. Okay, whatever. Rack. Flamethrower, nothing. Flame Wheel. Flame Wheel, dead. Flame Wheel, fainted. Then. She sends out Meltank. Oh. My fucking god, this Miltank was the first time in a video game that I was... I, I'm i surprised I didn't break my DS. This is the most infuriating thing that my 5th grade ass, 6th grade, 5th fifth, fifth grade fuck, had ever experienced in its entire life. This Miltank has a shit ton of health, it can drink its own tit milk to heal, and a nose rollout, which means it fucking does 
rock damage to me and it gets stronger every time it does it and rock is super effective on fire and bird and fucking not electric but like pretty much and like that's all my pokemon fucking dead but wait there's more i can't even attack miltank because it uses infatuation and it makes my typhlosion because at this point i've triple evolved into typhlosion because this miltank is so fucking hard it makes typhlosion fall in love with miltank and then i can't do shit So finally, I beat Miltank. And then, you know, there's some more gyms in between. I don't know. I, it's been a long time. Such a long time. But you fight some more gyms. You reach the last gym leader. Her name is Claire. She's a dragon type. And it's a fucking... She's got... You enter the city. There's a shit ton of history in it. You go into the fire... Not fire. Fucking... You go into the dragon cave. You fight a bunch of dragon trainers. You beat Claire. And her salty ass doesn't give you a gym badge because she's mad you beat her. So you have to fight again. And then she gives it to you. All of this happens. You're doing all of these gym shits while you're taking care of fucking Team Rocket. Because they're back. Because they're pissed that a 12 year old fucking ruined their plans last time. So you're a 12 year old who's about to ruin their plans again. You're learning about the fucking history of the fucking universe with Pokemon. Fucking Kurt the ball guy. You reach a town where a guy uses apricots, which are basically, like, peaches. Well, he uses apricorns, sorry, which are, I guess, are like, apricots, fuck it. That, to make Pokeballs, it's like, what the fuck? You fucking see these kimono dancers who fucking use dance to preserve the history of Pokemon? I don't know, it's fucking cool. That's badass. You save them, they love you. It's cool. It just, I feel like it's... This, okay, it's a nostalgia trip for the history of Pokemon in the game. And I'm on a nostalgia trip for this game to me, so it all comes full circle. So, Johto. I told you there's a history, you go through the history in the game, yeah. But Johto itself is gorgeous. It's, like, full of nature. All the towns are, like old but not old in a rundown way old in like a classic way and like pres in a preserved way in a way that embraces how things used to be a simpler time it has a like a traditional japanese vibe if that makes sense it feels like like i said like it feels like a world that's existed before you and continues to exist without you because once you leave, Johto is still there. And I say once you leave, because once you beat the Elite Four in Johto, they ship your ass to Kanto. That's right. The fucking game just, like, rest not restarts, but fucking it's like, okay, you think you're the very best? Prove it. Like, take it to Kanto. So you do the entire fucking gym challenge again in a separate region. My, my fucking 13-year-old ass was floored. I could not believe it. I was like, oh, Elite Four, champion, game over. Uh-uh. Do it again. Run it back. And, like, it's... It's perfect. This is what I mean when I say the game is like a celebration of Pokemon before it. It was... It just blew my little fucking mind, dog. I was... Uh, oh my god, holy shit, I'm still in shock. I still remember when he said, like, alright, we're taking you to Kanto. I was like, what? What? <laughs> so I went to Kanto. You fight the fucking, you do the gym challenge, fucking eight badges. 
you fucking fight the Elite Four again, fight the champion like you did it. You're number one. Game over, right? Fucking wrong. There's one more challenger you have to beat. One more trainer. Red. The protagonist of Pokemon Fire Red. Or Leaf Green. But nobody fucking told- I don't know- Okay, I don't know how the fuck I got here as a kid. Because nobody tells you. You just- I just hauled my ass up to Mount Silver. And he was just there. And I just fucking like was like, yeah. I'm ready. And it was just the the best experience in a video game I have ever had. Just like reaching that point where I'm fighting like the number one. He's got fucking level like 90s. He's got like all the classic Kanto Pokemon. He's got Charizard, Blastoise, Venusaur, Snorlax, Lapras, and Pikachu. And you just have to fucking just beat his ass. So I pull up with my Typhlosion and the rest of the team, which for the fucking life of me, I can't remember. I wish I knew. I pull up with the rest of my team. <coughs> Excuse me. I pull up with the rest of my team. I defeat Red. And I... Shut my DS. Just, that's a lie. I really don't remember what I did. I remember beating him and just... I don't remember beating him. That's also a lie. I remember going to fight him and I remember the battle. And yes, I did beat him. But I don't remember what I did next. Probably fucking pissed my pants because I was 13 years old. And I know I haven't really explained what makes this game so great. I've, I, I don't know. It, it's just the feeling. I think it was the time that I played the game. I was going from 5th grade to 6th grade. A lot of my friends were moving to different schools. You know, It's a very transformative time in your life. And fucking all I had was this dumbass Pokemon game that I just put hours into. I last like the my last memory of it was at least like 200 hours. I swear to God, like 231 of just straight Pokemon. I played this game so much. I I played this game through my parents' first divorce. I played this game always. I used it to connect with friends that have gone away to different schools. I just, I always had it on me. I always needed something to like keep me busy. ADHD, really fucking shout out to that. And so fucking, I just always carried Soul Silver with me. And anytime anything was happening, I would just fucking go to the national park and go to the Pokeathlon and put my fucking level 90 fucking legendaries in there and destroy youngster Joey and his Rattata. And this game just... This game just had so much to offer to a young, stupid, struggling, fucking adventurer. <laughs> Pokemon Soul Silver, I love you. And I will always love you. Happy Valentine's Day.